think I, I think I was looking at a, a, at a dirt bike or a motorcycle or something that I wanted to buy. And I took a look at my, um, my trading account. Cause at the time I was really heavily involved in the foreign exchange market. And, uh, and I had realized that my entire account was gone. <laughs> Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that Blue Spruce Capital is lending on one to four unit fix and flips in multiple states. Contact Blue Spruce Capital by going to the show notes. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out of the box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And today, Folks, we are in for a treat, and do you know why? Because Chad Woodfelt, who has been 24 since I knew him, since I've known him, he, just, he did just turn 25, but before his 25th birthday, he owned over 100 multifamily doors, if you can believe that. So we're going to get into his story. We're going to learn a little bit about how he did this, what made him decide to even get into multifamily in the first place. Chad Whitfeld, let me ask you the first question is, your first deal was obviously a wholesale, right? No. Your first deal wasn't a wholesale? No. How about a fix and flip? It was not. A How about a single flip. family rental? No, I don't even own a primary residence. Okay. <laughs> so you got right into multifamily. So it is possible to have, uh, to be able to get right into multifamily. One uh, teaser for the audience is that, you know what? We do actually work together. Chad is here in the office with us daily. We could not function without him. We're going to learn a lot of stuff. He's actually, you're going to be on uh, Joe Fairless's podcast next week, isn't it? Next week. That's awesome. All right. So um, we'll get into Chad's story, but Chad, let me just ask you what, um, there is one thing that I love about your story and it's that you lost it all. So could you kind of take us from there and uh, take us to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it happened really quickly. Um, I was on my way out to Denver, Colorado, moving out here for really not a specific rhyme or reason. I often get asked if if I had things lined up to move out here, and the answer is just no. I just wanted to come. Um, <clears throat> so I was on my way out here, and um, I had I think I I think I was looking at a, a at a dirt bike or a motorcycle or something that I wanted to buy, and I took a look at my. Um, my trading account because at the time I was really heavily involved in the foreign exchange market and uh, and I had realized that my entire account was gone <laughs> and the the backstory behind is I actually um, I was partnered up with a guy during the process of graduating college and moving out to Denver um, I didn't have a lot of time to trade so I had trusted him with my account but but the thing that went wrong was the financial responsibility wasn't there. And um, he just took very, very risky positions that were way larger than the account could handle and, and had a, pretty much blew the entire account. But um, shame on me for putting all the eggs in one basket and, and trusting somebody who didn't have the financial responsibility. Um, but yeah, so I pretty much uh, had my life savings in that trading account because, you know, I was fresh out of college and I wanted to make it, you know, I wanted to, um, be, you know, quote unquote, professional full-time trader. So I really went all in and it kind of bit me. <laughs> so I was uh, fresh to Denver and, and had absolutely no money. I barely could put down my security deposit. Um, and so I did what any other entrepreneur would do is just keep, keep pushing, you know? So I started parking, uh, parking cars, um, in valet downtown Denver just to pay my bills. 
Um, and then I got linked up with you. Excellent. Okay. So what made you decide to do real estate at all? I mean, you were doing crypto mm-hmm. and, and it, it went south on you and you may, you may have been able to do it just fine on your, on your own, but you were kind of trusting somebody else and they didn't do the same trades that you would be doing. Right. Well, what made you decide to get into real estate investing instead of just sticking with crypto and doing your own trades or um, any of the other options that were out for you? Well, I mean, I always, I always knew that real estate was an awesome, you know, wealth builder and investment vehicle, but um, I just always looked at it like this, this beast, you know, I mean, now that I've actually done some deals, you know, and I realized how many different niches of real estate there are, how many different strategies there are. And it just kind of confirmed my, my bias of this is huge. And if I don't educate myself and do it properly, I'm not going to do it right at all. Um, so it, it honestly, like it, it really just fell in my lap because the story goes, I, I've lived in Denver. I lived in Denver for two days um, and I'm a huge mountain biker. So I was at one of the bike parks and I had met Brad, our underwriter. And um, we just started, you know, having some small talk. And basically I just wanted to meet a new friend to ride bikes with and found out he was in real estate and um, real estate had always piqued my interest but I just didn't know how or who or where or what to actually get into it with and, and um, come about it the right way. So it wasn't really like I, it's not like I moved to Denver to pursue real estate. It just happened that way. So you moved to Denver first, right? And then, and then you lost your whole savings. It was in the process. I was actually in like Iowa. I was, oh, I was driving out here, um, with my, my car and I have a, a three place motorcycle trailer and I had my dirt bike and literally every single thing I own on the back of that trailer. And, uh, I just pulled off to take a break and I was, I think I was just searching Craigslist and I wanted to buy something. And so I was just, you know, checking my account to see how things were going with that arrangement. Um, so yeah, I was in the intermediate between, um, moving from Michigan to Denver where I, where I lost all of my money. Wow. Okay. So it's very inspiring to me. And I hope to the listener as well, when we, when we talk about age doesn't matter anymore. Right. And also money doesn't matter anymore. And finally experience doesn't necessarily need to matter either. There's always a way because you were heavily invested in crypto. You lost it all. You're 24 years old. You're moving across the country. You had nothing else with you except for your own belongings. Mm-hmm. And you lose every dime that you owned, everything that you had. You have to do something different. And within eight months, you owned 100 doors. You syndicated two deals within eight months of even wanting to do this business. That, to me, is, is quite inspiring. So can you kind of give... A little bit of advice, like what would somebody else in a similar situation, how would they get to where you are today? What was a couple things that you could think of? Sure. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest play and, you know, thing that built actual momentum and results in my life was the mindset. Like I remember, I don't know, this is probably two years ago. I remember seeing something of Grant Cardone's, either you hate him or you love him, but you know, he's got some good value in the midst of all the, you know, Hollywood stuff, but 
he talks about how, how the flow of money works. And he talks about if you take the GDP of America and you divide it by th 365 and it comes out to 250 or $300 billion that transacts hands every single day. And he talks about reverse engineering the process, you know, understanding that that much money is flowing hands every single day. So figure out who has yours and how you can provide value to that intermediate of the transaction, figure out where you can step yourself into it. And I guess for me in, in real estate and going from looking at doing any type of deal, you know, back then I even looked at just doing a fix and flip or just a single family, family rental as just this, this beast. And now today, you know, I look back on my thoughts and emotions back then and I realized that, you know, I didn't know anything about real estate. I just knew that I could provide a lot of value to somebody who did. And that's kind of really just how it worked because, um, you know, in our company, I'm not the one underwriting the properties every single deal. You know, I'm not the one going back and forth with the brokers, you know, negotiating and, and doing this and that and talking with the lenders. I don't do that. I do something completely different, but it still adds value to the process. Um, you know, and I think that's just what it comes down to is, is figuring out what you're actually good at, what you actually enjoy doing. And I just think there's, you know, power in numbers really. So aligning yourself with the right people and providing value in, in the ways that you can. What is it that your main value to the team is if you're not doing the underwriting and if you're, you know, not finding the deals specifically, what is, what is it that one thing that you do all day, every day that's adding value to a team that is making them money? I'd say I, I'd like to think I wear a decent bit of hats. You know, I'm not just, not just the cameraman, not just the audio guy, not just the social media guys. It's really, I like to look at it as a formula and without X or without Z, you know, you're not going to solve the, you're not going to solve the formula. So it, it all comes together and to make things work. But, um, you know, I think a lot of what I do is really just keeping up on trends and figuring out what actually works when it comes to an online development standpoint. Um, so I, I assist with this podcast and all of our video, a lot of our content. So the scalability of our brand and figuring out in what different ways and what different medians we can provide value to others and show people what we're doing, how we're doing it and educating them along the way. As it pertains to your skills and the things that you do for this team at Blue Spruce Holdings, what are possibly four pieces of advice that you could leave with the listeners to grow and scale their business by doing similar things to what you're doing in this company? Um, I would say, number one, just find, find the people who are making the waves, who are making the moves and figure out what they're doing and keep an eye on them. We have, a, you know, there's a lot of top players and, and even over in not just in real estate, but um, just as an in influencer marketing and, and entrepreneurial marketing, just keeping up with what people are doing and understanding how you can translate it and correlate it to your business. And then I would also say just being very humble with your knowledge because things are constantly changing. You know, I mean, a lot of my space is online, you know, Facebook algorithms, Instagram, you know, all these things, LinkedIn, they're constantly changing. They're constantly evolving. So you, you, you need to tell yourself, you never know, constantly reevaluating your strategy, following the trends and collaborating with others. You know, there's a lot of people in this online space that aren't specific to real estate, but they really know their stuff. And so I'm constantly networking, 
communicating and uh, trade. One thing that I really enjoy doing is trading, uh, mentoring, trading, coaching, um, because now that I've actually closed some deals, I have at least a pretty good fundamentals and foundation of how real estate works. So, you know, I've traded coaching and mentoring for Facebook advertising, YouTube, you know, all these different things. So that's one thing that has really helped me out with a lot. But the third, I would probably say would be constantly try to provide as much value to your marketplace as you possibly can, regardless if you're in real estate or not, regardless if you're in multifamily or or self-storage or fix and flipping wholesaling, whatever the case is, if you, if you're seeing success with it, try and help others because, um, it'll come back to you. You know, I just, I believe in putting, uh, putting positive and good energy out into the uniform universe comes back to you in different wavelengths. So, you know, constantly just figure out how you can provide as much value to others as you possibly can and just be that person. I mean, it's worked well, well for us. And I see it work very, very well for so many other people's businesses, because when you come from that place of value and you give and you give and you give, um, without any expectations to receive, um, it just magically kind of works. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Well, let me let me pause here because I have a, a question on your number two and a question on your number three. Sure. Um, before we get into you know another piece of advice that you might have, I do I want to touch on this. So you're talking on number two. You're talking about knowing your trends, right? With Facebook, LinkedIn, staying humble. But why? The question is why should you know the trends? What? How does that help somebody's business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you might have, you might have the most valuable thing you, that anybody could possibly lay their eyes on, but what happens if nobody can get their eyes on it? What happens if nobody sees what you have to offer? Is the value there? Great. It might be notional, you know, but, um, it's got to get to the, it's got to get your, your, your value needs to get to the right place. It needs to be received. Um, and then the staying humble part, I mean, you got to know what you don't know. You, and since these, since it's constantly evolving, constantly changing, um, it's important to be aware of that and always be open to new, new information. So on that, I, I want to I really dive into how it can help somebody's business. So we're knowing the trends. We're knowing of Facebook, of LinkedIn, of other social media platforms. But how come? Like what value is this going to give to somebody's business by knowing the trends of Facebook and LinkedIn? We, we live in this age where you can have so much advertising, so much marketing and exposure for practically free you pretty much, you're just putting in sweat equity, right? So, I mean, it depends on the type of business, but for me, I can go on my Instagram and create a story about a deal I'm working on or a client I just worked with doing some consulting, whatever the case is, and 1,500 or 2,000 people can see that and I don't spend a dime, I guess, marketing leverage in, in a way. And if you understand it and you know it, you can capitalize on it by cool. generating warm leads. Um, I've, I've kind of been on this thing recently where, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money and time on cold traffic, cold leads. Well, cold doesn't convert, but if you, if you have leads and you have, um, you know, business entities that know you, that can see your face, can feel your emotion, can hear your voice and they like you, 
by that medium of what the content you put out, um, they, they become warm leads and that you don't have to convert them. They convert themselves. Perfect. Okay. So I do have a question on that then. So, um, does knowing Facebook and LinkedIn and, and understand these algorithms and understanding, um, how these things work and how to add value, does it translate to deals or money within the company? Yeah, I mean, I would say it, it translates to both because we've both had multiple instances where we've had deals come into our inbox just because somebody saw a video that we posted about um, what's a cap rate, understanding cash flow, what is IRR. And mind you, you know, this is content we're putting out just to help other people out. But like I said earlier, you know, you put that energy out into the universe, it's going to come back in different ways. And, you know, geez, I can't even count on two hands how many deals I've been sent because of this. Um, I know you've been sent some too. And same with people just looking to place money into real estate as well. Um, you know, they see that. They see what you're doing. They see that you're doing it with integrity, transparency, and authenticity. Um, again, and that's just how you create that warm, those warm relationships. That's spot on. And, uh, you know, Chad helps me. So I, I record... Uh, tons of videos, um, all because Chad tells me I need to. And then Chad puts them on different social media platforms at the right times. And he follows the algorithms. And he just put a video up just a couple days ago. And I literally had a multimillionaire reach out to me two days ago. And so over the weekend, he and I have already scheduled to finding a way for him to come in on our deals. And he found that because Chad found a way to put it in front of him. And it's, it, it is so valuable to really understand these things. Um, and it's so valuable to our company to have somebody with the skills that Chad has to make sure that we are growing and progressing in the, I guess, the, the speed that we're allowed to, you know, much faster than most people think you can. But um, it, it is, it's, it's been very, very valuable. So first off, thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for being a part of it. I've got another question here uh, queued up for number three. You are saying try to add, provide value to your marketplace. And so my question on that is how do you add value to the marketplace? How do you do that? How do you implement this and, and help other people to want to work with us? Sure. Um, you know, first things first, this in this saying is, is becoming oversaturated, provide value, provide value, especially in the entrepreneurial and business development stages. Everyone says it. But, you know, the thing is that you need to understand is value is a matter of perception. And if your your audience isn't perceiving as what you are providing as value, you're not providing value as much as a tongue twister and silly as it sounds. But I mean, we see that it, Gary Vee, Grant Cart, every big name is talking about providing value in your marketing, right? So how do you actually do that? Well, number one, figure out who your ideal client avatar is. Who do you want to be attracting into your business? Whether, is it an investor? Is it a broker? Is it a wholesaler? Is it somebody who can sponsor your deal? Right. And then obviously this correlates to outside of real estate, but you really need to dig deep and reverse engineer the process and figure out, okay, who do I want to attract in my business? How do I want them to feel? How, what do I want them to do? And then backtrack and figure out what type of content is going to resonate with them. Right. Is, is this somebody that you want to start bringing you deals? 
that has maybe maybe this person has done some single family wholesales maybe they've done a fix and flip and you and you want them to um start helping or getting into multifamily or whatever the case is what type of content are they going to consume? Well, they're probably going to like to enjoy watching things about how to position themselves properly to attract deals, to attract wholesalers, brokers, so on and so forth. So really, I mean, it's just figuring out um, what, what pieces are missing and what they're going to find valuable that is in lines of the mission behind it. You know, I mean, um, what the videos you guys see on Facebook, and I'm not talking about specifically from Adam, but you know, if you see any, um, any video from Grant Cardone or, or Ty Lopez and all these big names, you see these videos, you, you need to understand that they're very, very specifically engineered to make you feel and make you react a very specific way. Um, and it usually typically leads with providing value because that's how you get people's attention in the first place. But, um, you know, one thing I will note is, is do this, do this because you want to, not because you're trying to, um, not because you're trying to sell something, not because you're trying to close a deal, whatever the case is, do it out of the, the goodness of your heart and actually provide genuine and real value without expectation of taking. I love that advice. Thank you. So, um, we're going to wrap it up. I want to bring on the final advice from you, but first let's do a quick word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Creating a great first impression isn't just important, it's necessary. Your logo is an extension of your personal brand. Whether you're looking for a brand refresh or a full rebrand, Tannis at Immense Designs can create logos, business cards, you name it. I've been working with Tannis on creating our brand material and I can't be happier. So contact Tannis at immensedesigns.us and open your world to immense possibilities. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Text meetup to five 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 eight eight eight, and we're back. So, Chad Whitfeld, the final question that I have for you is: If somebody in, who's listening has used lack of money, lack of experience, or their young age as an excuse to get into multifamily or anything else, what advice do you have for them? I mean, first thing I'd say is, you know, look like there's a thousand reasons not to do something, but you just need one really good one too. Right. And this is something that you taught me, Adam. It's, it's never, Oh, I can't. It's always, how can I, you always think creatively against the odds. Um, you know, when I first got into this space, I was, I was consistently the youngest person in the room every single time. And, and the first, you know, first month or two, it made me feel a little weird. It made me feel like people were looking at me differently because of my age. And then I just started to think, well, no, I'm young. I know what's going on. I, I understand these trends. You know, I understand what's happening. This is an advantage, you know? And so, and then as it's positioned, so, and then you start talking to people and they ask you how old you are and you say, Oh, I'm 24. I said, man, I wish I got started when I was your age. That's awesome. It's, it's an advantage, right? Same with not having money. You know, I came from a middle-class family and I never not had, right? Like I never not had what I needed. And 
I always worked through high school, college, and, and made fairly decent money for a young guy. So like I said, I never went without. But that pain of not having money, it should be a motivator. It should push you to think creatively. It should push you to go outside of the box and, and make a change. And so, yeah, like, like I said, you know, I didn't have the network. I didn't have any of these things. Um, but it was really just figuring out how I could add value to somebody who did and tap into their success and their growth and, and really just go alongside them. That is fantastic advice. And for the listener, I just wanted to hope that they might follow you on social media. You're putting out some really great content on Facebook, on, on um, what is the other one? Instagram. Yep. You're, you have like 10,000. As we record this, you have like 10,000 followers. I'm sure by the time it airs, you have 20,000 because people are following you like it's going out of style. Um, you always add a ton of value. Uh, people take to you really, really well. Chad Whitfeld, how do people who are listening, how do they find you? Uh, just you can search my name on Facebook. It's just Chad, just straight up. And then the last name is W-I-T-T-F-E-L-D-T. And you can find me on Instagram at CW underscore invests. Um, I pretty much post daily content uh, on there. Um, a lot of mindset, entrepreneurial things, and then obviously real estate as well. So I just try to um, really try to show what's possible, help inspire and educate people along the way of my journey um, to kind of grow and, and build alongside me. And we will put all of that into the show notes. So just scroll down and you can link to Chad's uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever he is doing these days, and you can follow him. And I know you'll be inspired. Thanks again, Chad. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thanks, Adam. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.